the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to The Firing Line. The Firing Line radio show is brought to you by Bullseye Sports in Riverside, the Riverside Indoor Shooting Range, CCW Safe, Moppin Financial Advisors, Cutting Edge Bullets for when you care enough to send the very best, Prado Olympic Shooting Park in Chino, and Vortex Optics. Vortex, the force of optics. And now your host, Philip Naiman. Good. Bad. I'm the guy with the gun. Hey folks, welcome to Firing Line Radio Show. This is Philip Naiman. We're having a fantastic show here this Saturday after the big windy week. I hope those of you out there in fire country are safe. But uh, joining me here on this show, I have Stan Campbell, Stan Campbell from CCW Safe, Mike Darter, his partner, and Don West. Don West, a very famously known self or criminal defense attorney who has a lot of experience on some of the high-profile cases we're going to talk about when it comes to self-defense and the use of firearms and protecting your life. But before we jump into that, let me just set the table here that tomorrow, Sunday, 9 a.m., go on out to Prado Olympic Shooting Park. You're going to have the Ironman shoot. This is with... uh, This is for the USO. So the Ontario USO fundraiser that uh, Chad Carlson is putting on over there at the Prado Olympic Shooting Park in Chino, where Olympians shoot. If you heard last week's show, you know that Kim Rohde was out there. And you're going to go out there and shoot some world-class trap, skeet, five-stand, pistol, rifle ranges. And on Sunday, tomorrow, Prado supporting the Ontario USO with Shoot for the Troops, a 100 clay pigeon Ironman shoot. You can shoot 25 trap, skeet, 25 wobble trap. Now that means that the trap station's wobbling, not you. All right, so check that out. And 25 five stand at one big event, plus shooting range specials, raffle prizes, and a barbecue lunch. Now, last year at this raffle, they were giving out all kinds of great stuff. Shotguns, pistols, I mean, really top-notch stuff. So it's a... (laughs) Go and shoot, but if you're not going to go shoot, just bring some money and get into that raffle because we're trying to raise funds for the USO, and it's a very important thing. All proceeds go to the Ontario USO for their ongoing support of our military throughout their service. That's Shoot for the Troops, Sunday, December 10th, Prado Olympic Shooting Park in Chino. For more information, call 909-597-4794, 909-597-4794, online at shootprado.com. Prado, P-R-A-D-O. Great people out there. You're going to love seeing Chad Carlson and everybody else. It's a great facility, clean, bring the family, family affair. So, uh, also you can get our podcast folks at firinglineradio.com. And one of the other things you're going to see on our upcoming events is we're having another RX-18 promotion. Uh, We did this in September RX-18, we've teamed up with rexreviews.org, rexreviews.org on the YouTube channel. And we did a long-range shooting course seminar in September at Bass Pro Shops. We're going to do that, uh, an improved seminar, not improved, but a higher level seminar at the same place 
on President's Day weekend in February. So I think that's the 17th and 18th, February 17th and 18th uh, at Bass Pro Shops. Check out more at rexreviews.org. This is going to be a high-level seminar. Our shooting date, our actual range dates are going to be in March, March 16th, 17th, and 18th up at Avenal. So it's a full event, rexreviews.org. Tickets are available. You're going to want to be involved in that. Even if you went last time, this is a higher level course. It's something that's very important that you get into. And if you want to learn more about understanding long range shooting and precision shooting, that's the place to be. That's RX 18, February 23rd, or excuse me, February 17th and 18th, 2018 at Bass Pro Shops. Okay, so I've got all my business out of the way here, folks. And I want to turn this over directly to some very important people here. Uh, involved with CCW Safe and Criminal Defense. Now, to my right, your left, if you're playing along at home, I have Don West. Now, Don West is a, a criminal defense attorney, national prominence. We're very fortunate to have him involved on the show and at CCW Safe. Yes, sir. Don, Thank you, how, Phil. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank there you. He is. Thank you. Now, you did some uh, some fantastic work in self-defense, and I don't think there's anybody in the media who knows more about the Zimmerman case than you did since you were one of the attorneys on the case. Right. I was one of the two trial lawyers that on the case, basically beginning to the end of it. Exactly. Now, we're going to do a series here on the four elements of self-defense or four elements we find common in a self-defense shooting or use of force shooting. Right. And when we talk about elements of self-defense, we are looking at common themes, areas within a self-defense shooting that seem to be important in not only understanding what may have happened, but also gauging how the case may be viewed by law enforcement, how it may be viewed by uh, district attorney, and ultimately perhaps uh, the jury. So we're not focusing specifically in this discussion on legal elements as right. much as some of the variables that we find that are worth a close look as we sort of survey the, the landscape. The commonalities. Yes, exactly, the, as we survey the landscape of uh, self-defense. You know, and Mike Darter here is one of the partners at CCW Safe. Now, CCW Safe, obviously they're a sponsor of the show here, folks, and if you have a concealed weapons permit, you are insane not to have this kind of coverage. Mike, you guys have actually done some upgrading on, on the plans that you have available. Yeah, we have. Uh, we, we've upgraded the plans. We went with the extended bond coverage that we, current, that we had. That is now our base plan. Uh, one of the things that we've seen through uh, our own case that we had this summer, uh, there's the first uh, case in the industry, a full trial, uh, and what we've seen uh, elsewhere in studies, if you're arrested on a self-defense shooting, uh, most likely your bond is going to be $500,000 or more. So here in California, so yes. mo again, most likely your bond's going to be $500,000 or more. Here in California, a self-defense shooting, when are you not arrested? Well, that's a good question. I mean, I think exactly. it's, there's a lot of variables that can be involved in that. Um, Don't you have to pretty much figure if you're involved in a self-defense shooting? You and you think it's self-defense, but there's a pretty good chance not everyone will agree with you, at least not then. And there's a high, high probability you'll be arrested right there. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And that, that's why, you know, number one, mom always said, leave the house with clean underwear. And this is why. So you don't want to have to go to jail and, you know, yeah, be embarrassed. Yeah. So if you use a firearm in, in defense of your life, 
here in California, especially in Southern California, I think the probabilities are that the police officer, the detectives, everybody on scene, they just want to be able to sort it out later so that they would rather inconvenience you by putting cuffs on you and taking you downtown to talk about it than have to look for you later. Is that a fair statement? Well, I think probably that's certainly part of it. Yeah. Are you from here? Are you established in the community? Do you have a prior history of problems? I think it's more than absolutely simple, cut and dried, but they're certainly going to default to making an arrest. Right. And so that's where it comes into so powerful that you have the bond protection. Right. Right. We wanted to, we don't want to have our members forced to the, the old plan only went to 250,000 uh, in coverage on bail bonds. Uh, and then we had the extended plan. So the price is the same as the extended plan was, but that is our base now. So we have the defender plan, uh, which is for uh, anyone. Uh, we have the protector plan, which was is for military and police, uh, law enforcement, active or retired. Um, and then another big, big thing we added, two things. We added civil liability coverage that's now available, so anybody with current plans can, can add those plans. And one, one thing is if you're a member and you've been – with us, you can stay on whatever plan you're on as long as you want. We're not forcing people to upgrade. Uh, but now people can also add on civil liability coverage. So if there is a judgment against them, we have a dedicated $1 million uh, civil liability plan. And we also added constitutional carry for those who are in constitutional carry states that don't have to have a permit. So in some states where you don't have to have a permit, so if you're a California resident, and you had the constitutional carry. What are some of the states? I guess Arizona is a state. With- yeah, there's. A, I think there's 11 or 12 currently. Mm-hmm. And so you, if you were visiting those, you would be able to have your coverage and be able to carry if you needed to out of state. Well, a lot of, a lot of those states are, are resident only. Resident. So if you're a non-resident, you'd still need a permit. Yeah, I'm, I'm a resident of the People's Republic of Occupied California. <laughs> so getting a permit here is... is Pretty, pretty darn difficult. Matter of fact, for those of you who uh, have not applied recently, uh, I just moved counties. Went from San Bernardino mm-hmm. to Riverside. I am back in the pool for CCW mm-hmm. because you do not transfer when you change residence from one county to another. Mm-hmm. Shock, shock. Yeah, so my interview, here we are December 2017. My interview is August 8th or 15th or something, 2019. Wow. And... Uh, so he asked me if I was okay with that. I said, yeah, let me check my schedule. Yeah, that morning's open right now. So, <laughs> you know, we're still 18 months out uh, if you don't have a CCW. But if you don't have one, you're never going to get one if you don't start the process. Right. So it's important. And what's very important is the CCW safe coverage is for those people with CCWs. Correct. And we also have home defense plans as well. So we'll take Which, care of those that can't get them. Right. So if you don't have one, there is something for you. But if you own a CC, if you have the privilege, and I know people go scream and say it's a right, but if you have the privilege in Southern California of having a CCW, realize that there's risks that you're taking right? by defending your life. I'm sorry, but that's the way that the structure is. And you protect yourself and your family with a company like CCW Safe. Philip Naiman, Firing Line Radio Show. We'll be right back after this. A message from Vince, the owner of Bullseye Sport Guns and Ammo in Riverside. If you're a first-time gun owner or thinking about purchasing your first firearm, whether for hunting, home defense, or recreational shooting, it is important to take the next step 
and become a responsible gun owner. We highly recommend that you attend a certified firearm safety and training class, one that will teach you the basic knowledge, skills, and attitude essentials to the safe and efficient use of your firearm. As a law-abiding citizen, you have the right to self-defense, and with that right comes an obligation to educate yourself on the laws and safety procedures needed to use a firearm properly. For information about certified firearm training classes, call Bullseye Sport in Riverside at 951-823-0211 or check out their schedule of classes at bullseyesport.com. Because of Bullseye Sport Guns and Ammo, we believe in safety first. 951-823-0211. Pull! Whether you're a gold medalist or new to the sport of shooting, you'll love Prado Olympic Shooting Park in Chino, where Olympians shoot. Prado's shotgun facility is world-class, offering trap, skeet, and five-stand. And the pistol and rifle ranges are safe and enjoyable shooting environments with professionals there to answer all your questions. Are you an experienced pistol shooter with an itch to take your skills to the next level? Discover the sport of practical shooting at one of the monthly events. Prado hosts ISPC shooting events open to the public every first and third Sunday with Prado Running Gun Club, blending accuracy, power, and speed with challenging multiple moving targets, penalty targets, and obstacles. Prado Olympic Shooting Park is a great place to teach your whole family about the safe and effective use of firearms. Bring the whole family for an exciting day at the shooting range. Call Prado Olympic Shooting Park at 909-597-4518. Online at shootprado.com. 909-597-4518. AM 590. The answer. This portion of the firing line is brought to you by Bullseye Sports in Riverside and Cutting Edge Bullets for when you care enough to send the very best. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. See this? This is my boomstick. Hey, folks, welcome back to Firing Line Radio Show. Now, our sponsor, Vince Torres of Bullseye Sports Guns and Ammo, wants to thank the many families who were able to help purchase a firearm to protect their home this past year. Now, before you shop for personal protection firearm, I encourage you to go down to Bullseye Sports in Riverside and speak with Vince, the owner, or one of the many good people at the store, and you'll receive a welcome and an educational experience to make you feel confident and comfortable with a firearm purchase. Bullseye Sport wishes you and your family a Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and a safe holiday season. Give the gift of protection. With a stocking stuffer from Bullseye Sport. Gift certificates can be purchased in custom amounts for your custom giving. Bullseye Sports Guns and Ammo in Riverside, where the Inland Empire gets their guns and ammo. Thank you, Vince, for all of your support on that, and a Merry Christmas to you, too. Uh, folks, this show, we're talking with CCW Safe. I have um, Stan Campbell over here. I have Mike Darter, Don West. We're talking about some of the different plans that they had at our last section. We weren't able to finish that because liability coverage is so important and you guys have gone overboard to make sure that we have it. Absolutely. Um, you know, one of the things uh, that we wanted to do, Phil, is, you know, a, a lot of our members, because we didn't have the civil liability coverage, you know, they had two companies so that they would be covered by two. Mm-hmm. So we wanted to take care of that. Um, you know, we're, we're growing and, and taking care of our members. We wanted to also extend civil liability coverage, but instead of having a wasting policy, like some of the others, we decided to go with a dedicated, one million dollars of civil liability coverage, and uh, we actually attach that to one of our plans for four ninety nine, which is the ultimate plan. So the ultimate plan comes with the civil liability coverage for the primary member, and then you can add it for the spouse. But it, it gives you the million dollar bond, so you're covered, you know, uh, with that for you and the spouse. Also, uh, unlimited civil and criminal defense. 
So it is the ultimate plan in the nation. No one can beat what we have. It, it sounds fantastic. And here's one of the things that people don't realize is to say, well, I have an umbrella coverage, mm-hmm. right? I've got homeowners. I have umbrella. Why do I need more liability? And my understanding is in a self-defense incident, if you intended to defend your life, that becomes an intentional act. That's correct. And then you're not covered by your homeowner's insurance. Correct. So if you have an accidental shooting, that's what that's for. If you had an intentional, if you intended to survive the incident when the bad guy broke into your house, you don't have coverage for your homeowners. Absolutely. You have to look at those policies. And um, I mean, the bottom line is, you know, uh, a lot of these traditional insurance models will try to deny you coverage. And that's one of those uh, little red tape, you know, fine uh, fine print issues. And you have to watch if it's an intentional act, they're probably not going to cover you. So read your policies. Very, very important. Now, one of the things that we talked about was setting up this series. Uh, Last time I had you on the show, we talked about some of the different aspects, the elements that are involved in the the self-defense shooting. Correct. And just like Don said in the the first segment, you know, we're not talking about the legal elements, but we're talking about the commonalities that Mm -hmm. are addressed in a lot of these trials. And, you know, and they are similar. And in in short, again, just to bring them back, we're talking about the location escalation uh, reasonable fear and the post-incident actions of the shooter. So these are the things that we're going to be breaking down. And you know, because you care about your members, I mean, and your your listeners, that is, and we care about our members, we want to extend this series out for the next several months and talk about some key cases that where you can learn from the challenges of others and sometimes the mistakes that others made during, you know, their shooting incident. Well, let's start back here with you, Don. Uh, Don, you were one of the uh, trial attorneys, Don West, folks, one of the trial attorneys on the Zimmerman case. And the first element we wanted to talk about was location. Just by way of a brief factual overview, the location of the minute or so that led up to the actual shooting was in a dark area in a housing complex at townhomes where George Zimmerman lived and Trayvon Martin was visiting. The entire incident unfolded within this complex as George Zimmerman identified Trayvon Martin as someone he didn't know. He called the non-emergency number asking for law enforcement to come see if there were any issues they wanted to address. It was raining. It was dark. It just seemed... He He called the police before anything? He did. He was in his car, identified someone that he didn't know. Uh, The background is there had been a series of burglaries and some property crimes. The individuals that had been seen committing these crimes fit the physical description of Trayvon Martin. So that raised his concern. He was a volunteer uh, captain of the Neighborhood Watch. So one thing led to another as he uh, contacted law enforcement and got them interested and was on the line with a dispatcher. He continued to keep an eye on Trayvon Martin until such point as Trayvon Martin basically ran off. I don't know why. We don't know exactly what led up to that. But George Zimmerman did, in fact, get out of his vehicle and move toward that general area, which happened to be behind these uh, these townhomes. Okay. Very poorly lit, uh, no one else outside. Uh, a substantial period of time passed between. What was the weather like? It was dark, it was rainy, it was um, February in Florida, which isn't exactly February in Minnesota. It's, uh, you know, it was jacket weather and uh, okay. 
poor visibility. But it, but it was misty, wet. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, and actually, that weather affected the collection and ultimately, I think, uh, the value of some of the physical evidence later on. So in terms of location, this was a common area within the complex where everyone there had the right to be, including Trayvon Martin. He wasn't doing anything wrong by being there, uh, nor was George Zimmerman. The problem, of course, came when they uh, had the contact. There was a confrontation. We don't know exactly how it started. Pretty soon after that, some neighbors reported hearing some agitated voices, and then shortly after, there was clearly a fight, a scuffle of some sort. George Zimmerman had injuries to his face. He had injuries to the back of his head. And a neighbor saw George Zimmerman on his back on the ground with Trayvon Martin straddling him and hitting him just moments before the shot was fired. Kind of like a Nick Diaz fight in the MMA, right? <laughs> well, except in a self-defense incident, you can't tap out. Exactly. You have to do something. And it was pretty clear, I think, from that position, George Zimmerman couldn't effectively fight back. He- let's, let's talk about that. So he's he's on his back, okay? George Zimmerman, um, not exactly the specimen of physical health, uh, right? Right. Yeah, he uh, wasn't athletic. He um, was trying to lose some weight, but he wasn't someone that was physically capable, particularly. Right. So, and, and not in very good shape at all. And this went on for what? 35, 45 seconds? The well, there was a 911 call from a neighbor when they heard some of the commotion. Mm-hmm. And a lot of what happened, at least from the sound, was captured in the background of a 911 call, including multiple, multiple cries for help. Regardless of how you uh, weigh in on whether that was Trayvon Martin or George Zimmerman screaming, there is no doubt that person was in great distress, was clearly fearing for their life. And so if you've ever wrestled or been on the ground, 30 seconds, if a guy's not Long in shape, mm-hmm. yeah, he's he's gassed already. 30 seconds and the guy's done. He's got lactic acid buildup and, and, and so forth, and especially if he's he's out of shape and he's not very strong and he's got this younger, more dominant person on him. It's a, a serious thing. Uh, yes, uh, stronger, more athletic, and in a superior position. Right. George Zimmerman was pretty vulnerable on his back. There was very little, if anything, he could do uh, to fight back other than draw his weapon and, and fire it. And he did. Uh, he made that decision after having sustained a considerable beating for probably a minute or so. Now, he's on his back, and where he carried his gun was actually in his the small of his back correct so you know you think think about accessibility he's it could have gone where he would have been knocked out without ever having a chance of of accessing his weapon well from the very yeah from the very beginning of the incident he was hurt he had been hit in the face and his head was hit on the back of the sidewalk so he was likely dazed and somewhat physically impaired already um, and had been in a struggle for the better part of a minute. So we talked about the location. This is a common area. So he doesn't have a a defense right. I mean, it's not like a castle doctrine or something where he can make somebody else leave there, right? I mean, that's what I'm trying to get to. Is we, we, we talked about a little bit about stand your ground or the castle doctrine or some of these other things. What comes into play when you're in a common area? Well, the law in Florida at the time did provide for stand your ground, which meant that 
George Zimmerman had the right to defend himself as anyone would that's faced with an imminent threat of great bodily harm or death without retreating. But in this case, it was clear he had no ability or opportunity. So while stand your ground was the law, it truly didn't come into play. He was helpless in the position that he, he was, was on, in. He was lay on your ground. Right. Yeah. Right. That's not a good doctrine. But there are some jurisdictions, of course, where you have to try to get away first. That it's an absolute requirement under the law that if you are attacked, that you try to flee. Exactly. Folks, we're going to talk more about that when we come back. Thank you, Don West, CCW Safe. We'll be right back after this. Are you an expert marksman looking for a clean, safe place to shoot? Or maybe you've never shot a gun but want to learn? Well, the Riverside Indoor Shooting Range is the best place to work on your shooting skills, no matter what your experience level is. With 21,000 square feet of indoor range space, 35 shooting lanes, and an electronic target retrieval system, it means no line breaks and more trigger time. The friendly people at Riverside Indoor Shooting Range can answer all your questions about firearms training, self-defense training, firearm rentals, gunsmithing, archery, and more. And for the ladies, the Riverside chapter of The Well-Armed Woman meets there the second Tuesday of each month for women of all experience levels. Looking for a great holiday gift for the shooting enthusiast in your life? During the month of December, get 10% off a full year's membership or 10% off any gift certificate of $40 or more. Riverside Indoor Shooting Range. For directions and info, log on to RiversideIndoorShootingRange.com. That's RiversideIndoorShootingRange.com. AM590. The answer. This portion of the firing line is brought to you by the Riverside Indoor Shooting Range and CCW Safe. Spartans, lay down your weapons. Persians, come and get them. Hey, folks, Philip Naiman. Welcome back to Firing Line Radio Show. Check out our website, FiringLineRadio.com, where you can get the podcasts. And I hope to see you tomorrow. Tomorrow, Sunday, uh, December 10th at Prado, Prado Olympic Shooting Park for the Shoot for the Troop special for the USO, Ontario USO. Go out there, buy some raffle tickets, shoot the Iron Man shoot, and um, what do they win? Do they win your car, Stan? Uh, they probably gun? need yours. They don't want mine. <laughs> <laughs> They're not lining up for a 12-year-old diesel truck, man. Yeah. Oh, they are, but they, they can't get it. Anyway, so folks, check it out tomorrow, December 10th at Prado. Shoot for the troops. Get involved with that. Bring some money. Leave it there and uh, have a good time in the process. Also, don't forget RX-18, February 17th and 18th, 2018. We're going to have another seminar at Bass Pro Shops up there in Ontario. This is a higher level seminar than the last one we did. It's more practical application for long range shooting. And you have to be involved in that seminar to go to our range day. Range day is in March 16th, 17th, 18th up at Avenal next spring. So start reloading your ammunition because we're going to have a heck of a time out there learning precision long range shooting. Uh, Joining me back here on this show... I have Don West, Don West, a lead attorney in many civil, uh, large civil cases. We're talking right now about the Zimmerman case. I have uh, Mike Darter and Stan Campbell here from CCW Safe. We just were going over a couple of uh, different things about location. Now, location's important element when it comes to a self-defense shooting because it's varied. Here in the People's Republic of Occupied California, there are a lot of places we're not allowed to carry legally. Yeah. What happens in a situation like that, Stan? Well, Phil, j- just to, um, to touch back where Don was with the Zimmerman trial, 
you know, uh, location is really the foundation of these elements that we're identifying. And and location is, is, is number one. You, if you're in your home, you already know. Uh, you, you have a legal right to be there. Uh, if you're in a public place, you know, you, you absolutely know, you should know how you can carry if it's legal for you to possess your firearm there. And then if you're on private property, that's, I mean, it's absolutely, it's, you absolutely have to know if you're legal, if it's going to be a misdemeanor or a felony, or if you're trespassing, if you have a firearm um, on, at that location. And, um, you know, these are some of the things like with CCW Safe, you know, we will cover you if you are legal. If you are in a place where you are trespassing on private property or uh, is a misdemeanor or a felony, we're not going to cover you for your 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 act afterwards. Uh, it's an awesome responsibility to be a concealed carrier, and you have to follow the laws of the land, even in California. And uh, you know, and and speaking of that, you know, as we look at it, because we talk about uh, no gun signs and people hate them and they want to challenge them, but um, this is big boy. Uh, charges that you'll receive if you decide you want to challenge the law. You know, if you're in a place where you cannot carry, do not be in that place with your firearm. So um, we just want to really push out there to everyone to understand that um, if you are in a place where um, you can carry that firearm, uh, you are good and you are covered. So let's, let me touch on this Christmas season, right? Everything's busy. You're at the mall or whatever. Let's say somebody has a sign like that little, you know, the bread of 92 with the red cross through it. Mm-hmm. No, no firearm sign is what I think that means, right? Somebody has a sign on that door. Is, does it have I mean, is there other legalities as to where it needs to be placed, the size and so forth? Or could they have sure. it in the lower left corner and you walk right by it and you're still... It, yes, it, it's state for state. And we do know that there are some honest uh, mistakes and, and you cannot see the sign. Uh, there are many states that, um, you know, in which the representative or the owner has to tell you to leave the premises and uh, or you'd be trespassing. So that's not one in which it'd be an automatic charge. Uh, we would cover you if there was an incident, mm-hmm. you know, during that time. Um, you know, in the store or such uh, restaurant. Um, But if you are asked to leave, uh, then you are to leave so that you don't get trespassing. If you choose to challenge it and take the the, the charge, then you'll be on your own. Not only will you be on your own, but I can pretty much guarantee you're going to have your CCW permit pulled. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they really they don't play it. These DAs out here are really hard on people, especially concealed carriers, and they will seek felony charges and you'll do some real time for you know trying to make that challenge yes yeah leave that for the professionals absolutely (laughs) so uh we're talking about the other thing or the next step first we have our location right you have the ability to defend if you have a right to be in a certain area in the zimmerman case both people had a right to be where they were at that point in time that's right Uh, george zimmerman actually had a concealed weapons permit he, he did lawfully issued. He'd been trained. In fact, he had a mentor that was a uh, federal marshal, air marshal. Uh, George had quite a bit of training and understanding. And interestingly, this is a good lesson, I think, for uh, concealed carriers everywhere, that as notorious as this case became because of the firearm and other hot-button issues, practically no one around George Zimmerman knew that he had a concealed Uh, carry license or that he had a gun. He was very private. He wasn't a guy who was a big shot and blabbing around. 
uh, it was a shock to very many people, including close friends and relatives, that he even uh, possessed a firearm. So interesting that you just brought that up, because one of the things that we hear about a lot um, is the brandishing issue. Yeah. Right. Mike, you want to speak to that? Yeah, and that's what, one of the trends we're seeing, and, and we, we do have members that we've seen this in, but uh, trends all over where people are, are they either don't understand define, what brandishing, brandishing is. Yeah. So brandishing is if, if you draw or show your firearm um, as a force to stop somebody uh, before where there is no... Uh, self-defense or there's no attack at that point. So if somebody's, and, and what we typically see uh, is uh, either road rage cases or cases that involve somebody in a, in a vehicle, uh, somebody comes and, and starts uh, either road rage case or starts trying to pick a fight with them. And uh, we're seeing two things. Uh, we're seeing that number one, uh, people are giving up control. If you're in your vehicle and the windows are up and the doors are locked and somebody comes to try to engage you to try to get you involved in a verbal argument, why roll down the window or open the door? Uh, the minute you do that, then you're stepping into what they're trying to pull you into. Correct. I mean, you, you're moving into the escalation. Yeah. And the second thing we see is people are not making police reports. Uh, if there, if you have to draw your firearm or show your firearm, then that's important, and that needs to be reported to the police. Because I guarantee you, in what we are seeing, the other person is going to call the police, and you're now the suspect. So those are the two things, uh, probably the most important things that we're oh, seeing absolutely. with brandishing. And and we talked about this before, Phil. You know. Um, in these cases where, you know, um, the show of force and you know, the, the display of the firearm, you know, when, you know, you're there is no legal means to do so. I mean, you're not to that point where your life is in danger and, and people get into this um, this bad trend of just pushing out. I was in fear for my life over an argument. And, um, you know, that sounds good when you type it in on, the, oh, yeah, on it, Facebook. It sounds awesome and it's great on the forums. But yeah. when it really comes down to it and when, you know, someone's going to seek felony charges against you and they're legitimate because, I mean, you cannot show your firearm or or or, or point your firearm at someone if you don't have the legal means to do so. So, um, you know, it's it's, it's become a problem. Now, now every case is going to differ. Absolutely. Right, right. Typically, what is the legal means? Legal well, I mean, you start off at, you know, when, you know, just the cut and dry, um, you know, attacks on your life, like someone pulls a gun on you, a knife on you, um, you know, a baseball bat, and they're coming, you know, they're verbal that they're going to hurt you, and, and they're actually closing the distance. Those are just the cut and dry ones. But, you know, people are actually pulling, you know, their gun on folks for them banging on their window and the you know, with the aggressive panhandling and somebody approaching them at the gas station pumps and such, someone spitting on their shoe. I mean, these are things that you should not be pulling your firearm on, on folks for. Create the distance. Avoidance is something that we talk about a lot. And, um, you know, later we can get into the uh, the uh, use of force continuum that we've created for citizens. Well, one of the things, too, is... People often ask, you know, okay, I got my permit, I've, I've had my training. Now, you know, if something happens, when can I when can I shoot? When the real question should be, at what 
at what point do I have no other options but to pull my firearm? Uh, you know, firearm is your last resort, not your first. And that's one of the things that we're seeing. People have other options that they're not taking. You brandish a gun, you're displaying deadly force. That changes everything. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have the legal right to do that because you are indeed at risk of great bodily harm or death right then, you've just committed a crime. Yeah. You've become become the criminal that we detest so much. Mm -hmm. So it's an important thing to understand. Uh, Use of force, show of force. Firing Line Radio Show, we'll be right back after this. If you carry a concealed weapon and own a concealed carry permit, you need protection beyond the weapon. My name is Larry Vickers, and I am a retired veteran of U.S. Special Operations, and I now teach law enforcement, civilians, and members of our military in advanced firearm training. I train people to use their firearms in almost any situation, but I can't prepare them for what happens if they are forced to use a gun to save their lives. That's why I use CCW Safe. They offer membership plans for concealed carry permit holders, and if members are involved in a use of force incident, CCW Safe provides expert witnesses, investigators, and the best defense attorneys in the U.S. Yearly plans range from $99 for a single membership to $150 for a dual membership, and special plans are available for law enforcement and military. Members are required to have a valid concealed carry permit and must maintain their permit. Visit ccwsafe.com today. AM 590, the answer. This portion of the firing line is brought to you by Prado Olympic Shooting Park in Chino and Vortex Optics. Vortex, the force of optics. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Is this not why you are here? Hey, folks, I hope you're being educated on this particular show. This is Philip Naiman, Firing Line Radio Show, here with the pros from CCW Safe, Stan Campbell, Mike Darter, and Don West. We are talking about some of the elements in self-defense, some of the things that you need to be aware of. First off is location. Can you carry? Are you legal? You know, number one, as CCW holders, we need to be legal. Don't cause the problem. Um, Number two is, do you have the right to defend yourself? You know, is this thing really a threat? Are you making a mistake and doing a brandishing act when you really aren't being threatened? And absolutely, if you are, if you are showing your firearm when your life is not being threatened, I can guarantee you every sheriff I know will yank your permit before the show is over. Uh, that's ridiculous behavior, and we don't condone that in any way. Other things happen as far as escalation of events. So let me turn this over to the pros here. Uh, Don and Mike, if you guys want to talk about what happens at that point in time. We took a look at escalation as part of a continuum because as you compare self-defense scenarios across the board, you want to take a look and see how did it get to that point? Right. How did it start? Who started it? What, if anything, could have been done to have prevented it from escalating, escalating to the point where someone felt threatened to the point that they wound up taking someone else's life. That's important legally because in virtually every jurisdiction, if you are the initiator, if you provoke the confrontation, if you provoke someone expecting them to react with the plan on then um, becoming violent, you don't get self-defense. No. It's off the table at that point. You have to be innocent in that context. You can't initiate the fight. You can't provoke it legally. Now, there's legal definitions of what provocation is and whether what an individual does rises to that level that would take self-defense away. But 
there's lots of things people do that make it worse right and sometimes make it, it better and that's what we're talking it, about if you're pushing it you're in the wrong and not only may you push it to the point that you lose the right to defend yourself but by pushing it maybe at all you've made it worse and right. created a situation where you may even perhaps legally, but you may wind up having to defend yourself when had you done something different, you may have been able to avoid the whole thing. Uh, Mike knows about um, escalation and uh, certainly avoidance from his experience as law enforcement officer and the co-founder of this company. Yeah, and that's what I was going to say. The three things that investigators are going to look at, the first thing being, did did you do any actions that put you into that? And that's when we're talking about, you know, were you the uh, provocation start with you? And they're going to look at, was the force reasonable? And then did the force stop once the threat was over? But that first part, you know, if you put yourself into an action, then there's a good chance that there, there can be files, uh, charges filed against you. So that's, can you give me an example of that? Well, for example, if uh, well, we talked about it last uh, in the last segment. Uh, somebody, um, you know, is walking in front of you, and you're driving, and uh, you know they get mad at you, and then instead of just you know waving, sorry, my bad, I'm on my way, you roll down the window and start getting into an argument with them and pushing it, then that is now you put yourself further into that. Um, yeah, correct. Yeah, and, and then they'll, um, you know, even if the person makes forward movement, you know, to continue the conversation, that's when you, as the um, the bad actor, you know, opens up your door, stands out, rolls down your window, continues the argument, and then, you Chest know. Bump. you know, Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, you make decisions, you know, with a firearm that you wouldn't normally make if you didn't have a firearm on you. And that's the whole thing in which, you know, you know, you're not attempting to drive away, you know, and you're you're escalating the situation because of what you have on your hip. We talked about other options. What other options do you have? Can you keep your window up and drive on uh, doors locked, so forth? Indeed, what can you do? To avoid escalating, but also actually take steps to de-escalate it. Correct. You know. My bad, what, whatever, you know, uh, you know, I don't want any trouble or I don't know you. Let's just go our own way, whatever it might do that would help diffuse the situation. If I could take a minute since we've been talking about the Zimmerman case, and it's a good case to talk about because many people know the basic facts. And George Zimmerman was accused of provoking this incident because while some of it is inaccurate factually, he clearly got out of his car and pursued Trayvon Martin on foot. Uh, He wasn't told not to do that, but he wasn't told to do that either. He had called the police. Should he have waited for the police just to get there? Why did he take those steps? On the other hand, why did Trayvon Martin, having plenty of opportunity just to go home, stick around and wait and confront George Zimmerman a couple of minutes later. So in this instance, perhaps both people made bad decisions that wound up maybe inadvertently or maybe even purposefully escalating the scenario into ultimately a confrontation that was lethal. 
Yeah. Although legal, legal, but lethal nonetheless. Yeah. Well, and, and look, none of us have ever heard of George Zimmerman prior to this incident, right? But we've all seen what's happened to his life after this incident. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the guy is he's done. I don't, what is he doing these days, right? Is he a sideshow at some carny circus? I mean, it's he's over. Right. And, yeah, you know, yeah, and you're right, Phil. You know, the thing about it, if you get involved in a shooting like that, it's absolutely going to change your life. So no matter who you are. And it affects you. Yeah, I mean, the the pressure of all that media exposure, you know, whether or not, I don't know anything about him personally, Don, you actually do, but you look at the mountain of media torment, torrent on top of him, it's just, how does he not fold? He has to be damaged yeah. because of what he went through. Whether it was legal or illegal, the jury said it was legal, but that doesn't make it easy, and it doesn't mean that he can get over it uh, easily. Yeah, he actually had his life uh, attempted to be taken. Yeah, right? mm-hmm. after that. It was, what, a year after that or so? Yeah, or? a year or two afterward, two he was driving down the street, and a, another motorist came up behind him, honked the horn, engaged him. George did everything you would want someone to do at that point. He tried to drive away, made a U-turn, and this other guy pulled up around the side of him and shot at him, missed him by only a few inches, shot through the passenger window, the bullet lodged in the frame of the door within inches of his head. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that guy's doing 20 years in prison. And the media said what? George Zimmerman involved in another shooting. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, right. So again, yeah. painting him as exactly you know, unbelievable. That's the aggressor. Yeah, you know, we, we got a discussion yesterday when we're driving, and, and and Mike was talking about his shooting. You know, because you know Mike was forced onto the incident to to take a life as well, and you know he was making reference. You remember how you're talking about, you know, how it still stuck with you. Oh yeah, yeah. I, w- I was driving with my dad one time down, and we passed the neighborhood where my shooting took place and and i tell i said yeah dad that's where my this is where my shooting was and and my dad said do you ever think about those guys and i said every day it's not something that i would uh think i would do differently uh you know I, if that if i was presented with that i think i would do the exact same actions that i did that day uh, but it is something that you live with i mean you look at these fires uh, if you had a house and you lost your home and, and house, that, that's a critical stress incident. That's going to be with you for a long time. So right. it's not something that you're just going to – it's something that happens and tomorrow you're, you know, uh, back to your life. No, it, so. it's, it's – you know, that that's the thing is this is so important. And, and I think some people um, take it lightly. You right. Know, there's the right. keyboard commandos that are all – talk and i know that they're all talk because these guys don't even show up to vote but um these keyboard commandos they just keep talking about oh i would never do this I blah, 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 blah. that that's horse pucky yeah. um there's there's nothing solid behind that because this is a life-changing event i've yeah. if you're in a self-defense incident and it's happened to me before you know it, it changes the way you look at life yeah it does it does as part of your mindset, as part of your thinking process as a responsible um, concealed carrier, back to, to de-escalation. It's not escalation, it's de-escalation. de-escalation. Right. What can you do to defuse the situation so it doesn't get any worse? Mike said, you roll up the window, you go the other way. Drive you, around it. Exactly. Don't stop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Guy points to the side of the road, just keep on going. Be yeah. the calmest guy in the room. 
That's yeah. awesome. Folks, I think we've heard some great information here. We're going to keep this series up a little bit uh, every month. You can hear more about it. The other different aspects, we're going to have Don back on, probably on the telephone, or mm-hmm. if we're able to have you back here in Southern California, um, don't bring the winds with you this time. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'd love to have you back out. We're going to talk about the other areas. It's very, very important. We want to make sure that you're covered, that you're safe, and that your family is safe. So I want to thank my special guests here from CCW Safe, Stan Campbell, Mike Darter, and Don West for being here today. Folks, thank you very much. Thanks, thank Bill. you, Phil. Thanks, Phil. When you have to shoot, shoot. Don't talk. The Firing Line Radio Show has been brought to you by Bullseye Sports in Riverside, the Riverside Indoor Shooting Range, CCW Safe, Moppin Financial Advisors, Cutting Edge Bullets for when you care enough to send the very best, Prado Olympic Shooting Park in Chino, and Vortex Optics. Vortex, the force of optics. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.